This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. The five T's of discipleship, transformation through prayer, given by Stephanie Griffin. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Laura. That was beautiful. Good morning, Connection Community Church, both here and online joining us. Welcome. We're beginning a new message series today entitled The Five T's of Discipleship. After making a decision to follow Jesus, to to turn from our old ways and then be baptized or immersed into a new way of living, it is then that we begin to grow in being disciples of Christ. Here at Connection, one way to grow deeper in your faith is a step towards giving your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness to God and to one another by becoming disciple members. For the next five weeks, we will take a look at these areas, which Pastor Allen has made easier for us by remembering, uh, to to remember by calling them all with the letter T, the five T's of discipleship. And today we're going to begin with the first one, transformation through prayer. My name is Stephanie Griffin. And my husband, Gary, and I have been disciple members here at Connection for over 10 years. And now I continue to serve here at Connection while also being a chaplain at Delaware Hospice. I was lost, but now I'm found. And the thing that happened in between was Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time in your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray for your filling in this place, in these hearts, so that we would hear your words to us today, your words of truth that transforms us. Speak what's needed in our hearts. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer. A few definitions. BillyGraham.org refers to prayer as spiritual two-way communication between a person and God in which one should not only speak to God, but also listen as well. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops writes, Prayer is our response to God who is already speaking, or better yet, revealing himself to us. Therefore, prayer is not merely an exchange of words, but it engages the whole person in a relationship with God the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit. And from the United Methodist Church website, in prayer, we share our hearts. We also pause to listen for wisdom and guidance. As John Wesley wrote, all that a Christian does, even in eating and in sleeping, is prayer when it's done in simplicity according to the order of God. Hmm. Perhaps our very lives are meant to be a living prayer, an ongoing communion with our creator. Let's explore further today in our message, Transformation Through Prayer. To set a little background, the past three weeks, we looked at the Undercover Boss, the pastor's great message series that addressed three different accounts of Jesus not being recognized 
during the period after his resurrection, but before his ascension to the right hand of the Father. The Bible tells us that during these 40 days, Jesus appeared to five, over 500 people. Then, before he ascended, Jesus gave instruction for his disciples to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's look. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus goes on to tell them that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them and they will be his witnesses. And after he said these things, Jesus was taken up to heaven before their eyes. Fast forward 10 more days and on the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us the disciples were gathered in an upper room waiting as Jesus directed them. And what do you think they were doing? They were praying. They were thanking God, praising God, talking to God, listening to God, waiting on God. They were gathered together in one accord, and they were praying. And God's Spirit comes in fire and in power. Oh, you can read all about it in Acts chapter 2. This is the beginning of God pouring out his Spirit on all people. And the age of his church is ushered in. And right here is where transformation happens. Hearts seeking God in prayer and receiving the promise of the precious Holy Spirit. God takes Jesus' disciples from being tentative, confused, and self-consumed followers into anointed sons and daughters who are bringing the kingdom full of love and glory. Peter, who previously denied knowing the Lord three times, stands up, gives a powerful testimony to Jesus, and 3,000 people believe and are added to their number. This was the starting point for the early church, and it's our starting point. Prayer is the communion we have through God with his spirit as we yield our hearts to be transformed by grace through faith in Jesus the Christ. This transformation happens as we spend time in God's presence through prayer, vertically and horizontally. Between us and God, and between us and others in God. Take a, look, take a look for a moment at vertical prayer. Between us and God. Even when we start out knowing very little about God, he is drawing us. He is wooing us. It's that provenient grace that Pastor Allen spoke about last week. Take the story of Cornelius, for example. A few chapters later in Acts chapter 10, we are told he was a Gentile, a non-Jew, but still a devout man who revered God, gave alms to the Jewish people, and prayed to God continually. So 
He's talking to God in prayer, but doesn't understand who Jesus is yet. That may be some of us here today. What happens? I love this. In prayer, God gives Cornelius a message through an angel that he should send for a man named Peter and tells him exactly where to find him. Peter, who is also in prayer at the same time, is told by the Holy Spirit to go with the men sent by Cornelius to his home, even though they are Gentiles. When Peter arrives, Cornelius tells him this. Four days ago to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here, present before God, to hear what you have been commanded by the Lord. What starts out as prayer and worship in the heart of Cornelius toward God continues on to a path toward salvation as God sends him the messenger of the news of his son, Jesus. Peter shares the news of the kingdom and what Jesus did on the cross to Cornelius, his relatives, and his close friends. We are told on that day that they all believe in the name of Jesus for forgiveness of sins and are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Talk about transformation. Hear this today. Where there is a heart to know God, the Father will make sure that there is a witness of his Son. He is still sending messengers today to you, to me, to all over the world. Whom has he already sent to you? Or for some of you, to whom is he sending you? When in faith we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, the whole world of prayer opens up before us. It's as if a veil is lifted from our eyes and we begin to know the Father and who we are and whose we are. There is a closeness and an intimacy in prayer that wasn't there before. We can speak to God freely in prayer, and there is never any condemnation in Christ. We come into his presence, and we can say, thank you, God, that you wipe away all my dirt, that you receive me, that you love me. Some of us are kept from prayer because we think God is displeased with us or that we haven't done enough. The reality is we could never do enough. That is why Jesus did it for us on our behalf. So now in Christ, God sees us just as he sees his son, holy 
and righteous. This is our new identity. And we begin to live from this place in prayer, from this new position of privilege and honor, fully loved by God in Christ as a son or as a daughter. As we pray from here, from this position in Christ, the word of God becomes alive. For instance, I can open up my Bible and I can start reading. And I am praying and talking with the God of the universe whose spirit is helping me to understand. Do you ever see a kid whose dad comes into school on career day? The kid says, that's my dad. I open this up and page after page after page I, I look and I read and I say, that's my dad. I can read scripture after scripture and my heart goes, that's my God. And if I listen, he tells me, not, not in an audible voice, but in prayer in my heart, he says yes. And there is nothing that can separate you from my love. Then I go to another passage, and I'm reading in prayer, in conversation with him. And I'm reading. I'm like a little kid with excitement. I see another scripture, and my heart cries out, that's me. He says, yes, that's you. You see, in prayer, we can read the words of God with God. This prayer stuff is for all of us, for whoever will come. The invitation is for all. The very basis for knowing God and having a relationship with him is sustained in prayer. It's like the old hymn in the garden. And he walks with me. And he talks with me, you know it. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's talking about relationship. Relationship with God in prayer. And a healthy relationship is not just one way. The communication goes two ways. I want to challenge you. Pastor Timothy Keller once said, and I think it's an excellent point. If your God doesn't offend you, direct you, or contradict you, then you've made him out to be a yes man. And that's not the God in this Bible. In other words, we should be listening for God and expecting him to guide us, to correct us, to confront our mindsets, to shift our thinking. We are becoming transformed through prayer, through the renewing of our minds. 
Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In prayer, we can learn what God's will is for us as we listen and as we read his word. Jesus is our example. Remember how he prayed to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but yours be done. There are so many powerful and transformative benefits we have in prayer. Why would we not go there? And often. It is in prayer that we can, in God's strength, resist temptation. Mark 14, 38, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Anyone need to hear that today? He's right there with us. Amen. We're also told that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. You notice that there's no word always there. We do not always know. It says, we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. We see that prayer is as essential to our living and growing in discipleship as breathing. And we all need to breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. This is where prayer also becomes transformative horizontally. Prayer that is horizontally moves us from self-centered to God-centered and others-centered. You've heard our pastors refer to INAM. It's not about me. Prayer helps us leave our own selfish interests behind and seek out the interests of God. Have you ever asked him in prayer, what are you thinking, God? What's on your mind today? And then listen for his answer. 2 Corinthians 5.15, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Imagine a church that looks like that. Now you see our mission. We are no longer living for ourselves. And then he begins to change our hearts towards others. Matthew 5, Jesus said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, this is not praying for God to change your mother-in-law. But it might be Father, you know I'm struggling with this person. Give me your heart. 
that I would see them through your eyes and have your heart towards them. Then we begin to forgive from the heart and love as he loves and even stand on the promises of God for others. Ultimately, through prayer, God causes us to become love to others. Prayer will move us away from comparison and jealousy and cause us to see other people in Christ truly as our brother and our sister. When we see somebody else get a blessing or when we see somebody else get a healing, we say, yeah, that's my sister. That's my brother. No comparison. We begin to function the way God designed his family to function as part of a body. And we become love everywhere we go, out in the world, at work, at school, in church, in small groups, online, in person, even on Zoom. Everyone can be a part of the body of Christ. How many here know small groups gives us the opportunity for prayer and care? We learn to pray for one another and care for one another. It's a place where God's transformation happens. Take a look. 1 Corinthians 12. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, well, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. But the parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is what the church looks like transformed by his spirit in prayer, that the world would know this kind of love as we connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. So what does this look like for you and me? You may be thinking, I don't even know where to start. Maybe it's beginning your day with a prayer conversation with God or including him in on your everyday tasks, hearing what he has to say. He loves you. Perhaps it's turning to him in prayer in times of temptation and trial, allowing him to speak to you through his word and his spirit. Maybe it's seeking him in prayer, asking for direction for his will to be done. For some of you, God may show you that you need to forgive someone, or to ask for forgiveness. Or he may have you pray for that person that just rubs you the wrong way. 
Customer service. Mm, that's what it is for me. <laughs> Maybe it's taking focus off of our own problems and praying for others. Listening how the Holy Spirit would direct you. Maybe to a neighbor that needs help. Or sending somebody an encouragement with a text. These things we can do throughout the week as we talk and listen to God. When we are centered in prayer, rooted and grounded in love, we begin to find our purpose in loving God and loving others. It's what we were created for. Freely we have received. Freely we give. Amen? Amen. For the remaining four weeks of this month, we're going to look at other ways to grow through discipleship in greater commitment to God and to one another. But it is my hope, and I know it's the pastor's hope as well, that you will take one step closer to all that God has for you. Together, we take our place in the kingdom he is bringing and building. We step into our inheritance as sons and daughters, and we become the body of Christ. And as we do, we are transformed. Lives are rescued. Sin is forgiven. Bodies are healed. Identity is found. Purpose is realized. Chains are broken. The oppressed go free. And then doors are opened. The good news is preached. Liberty is proclaimed. Unlikely friendships are formed. Relationships are healed. Marriages are strengthened. Relationships are restored. Children are raised up in the Lord. The hungry are fed. Widows are remembered. Burdens are carried. And griefs are shared. Victories are celebrated as we say, that's my sister. That's my brother. That's my God. Hallelujah. It's happening here. It's happening online. It's happening in homes, and it's happening in our hearts, anywhere where the Spirit of God is, in you, in me, in one another. We rise up, and we take our place to stand in Christ. We are the church. Amen? Amen. We are his church, shining light in darkness. That's the good news. Let's live it, and let's believe it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we are your church and that you have given us this great invitation in prayer. I thank you that we come to you boldly through the blood of Jesus. That is how we have access to you. I thank you that your spirit is moving in our hearts and that you're taking us to a place of deeper commitment, deeper deeper drawing. You continue to speak. You're not done with us yet. We are moving forward in you. And we know that this transformation happens in prayer. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the door. 
and that we can open the, and step through into places we've never been before with you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Continue to speak in the lives of your people. I pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.